Smash Mouth Monday Night Football Show on the Bear. I'm Rick Elliott, my co-host, Detroit Lions guard and long snapper, Tony Semple. And we have the man himself. He's bound for Canton, Ohio. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to give a warm round of sound for Barry Sanders. Pleasure, Barry. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm curious, how do your ribs feel? A lot of people are asking about your ribs, and uh, you played pretty well yesterday, and they're saying, well, are the ribs slowing you down? How do you feel? Actually, this was the first week uh, since Philadelphia that I could actually run and not really have to be uh, worried about my ribs. When, when you're running, with just the, the breathing part of it, did it just hurt to breathe? Um, they, well, getting, hit, getting, getting hit on getting my ribs. It's a real bad part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they have bothered you some yes. over the last four games. Yes, definitely. Definitely, a whole lot. People always say, and they always ask, you know, why do they take Barry out on third down? Do you want the ball on third down? If it were up to you, you would you be in there every play? Or don't, don't you worry about that. You just do what they tell you to do. Hey, I like getting the ball. I like getting the <laughs> I ball. I thought so. Trust me. <laughs> but no, I mean, we, we have a good strategy where uh, on goal line, they, um, they take me out. And um, the last couple of weeks, they took me out on, on third down, so I wouldn't have to block. So I wouldn't have to... Uh, Is that the, for the ribs yeah, primarily? Yeah, my ribs, yeah. Would you like, do you like the goal line offense? Do you like going in there and no, yeah, the like, whole smash like, mouth? I like scoring touchdowns. Run them over? No, yeah, I don't, you know, I did that for the, for the longest time. But, um, you know, Tommy Bardell is uh, a little heavier tonight. Yeah, <laughs> he's got them big shoulders. Yeah, yeah, so he can, he can get, in there, get in there with the big guys and mix it up a little better on the goal line than I can. What's it like to see yourself 15 stories high on the side of a building in downtown Detroit? That's got it. That's, I mean, I like it. That's, I like it a lot. That's kind of cool. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, it is, because they just, uh, Nike just decided one day that they're going to, you know, put me on the side of a building, and I said, well, yeah, I don't, I don't have any problems with that. That has to be beyond your, your wildest dreams. Well, yeah, you know, you, know, you don't ex expect to, uh, for someone to paint you on the side of a building. I mean, you no, think you're going to play football, <laughs> score some touchdowns, right. you don't think they're no, going to... I never imagined that. Big thing, 15 stories high. No, it's great. Talk about your dad a little bit. Your dad has uh, always been there for you. I mean, he's always throwing Jim Brown up in your face, though. I oh, mean, yeah. I mean, well, my father, um, ever since the days of, of radio, you know, was watching the, or listening to the Cleveland Browns and, and, and watching the Cleveland Browns. And uh, he's always been a, a huge Cleveland Browns fan. And obviously, that makes him a huge fan of, of Jim Brown. And so, um, you know, he would... He would push for for Jim Brown to be president, you know. <laughs> he thought somebody would vote for him, but no, that's you know he he just absolutely loves Jim Brown. I, you know, I don't have a problem with that. Jim Brown has has said that you're one of the guys that he would pay to watch. Have you ever had a chance to meet Jim Brown? I have and, met I have met Jim and um, talked to him a little bit about yeah, playing the game. Yeah, a little bit. I met him a couple years ago, uh, right before a preseason game in in Cleveland, and he just he just came up to me and. Um, uh, he just, you know, he had some nice things to say about me. And, so it was just and a it was brief great. meeting. You didn't get to yeah, sit down, have dinner, long. and just like, you know, hear some old war stories from uh, from Jim. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, of course it would. You know, of course it would be. Actually, Jim was was kind enough um, this year. My father had back surgery in L.A. and Jim went by and checked on him. Really? And yeah, yeah, it was it was, it was great. It was great. He went that, by and checked on him and, and uh, you know, hung out with my father and my mom for a little while. That had to lift his spirits. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Now, if, I was just curious. If I mentioned some running backs, I was wondering, uh, and I was going to pick some running backs that I imagined you probably watched as a young man. I was wondering if you could maybe say a few words about them, maybe a few impressions, maybe a memory, something that strikes you about them. Eric Dickerson. Eric was um, just kind of big, um, rangy, very fast. 
he had a he had a wonderful uh, offensive line and at the Rams, but uh, just um, really uh, fast. Walter Payton. Walter was um, was tough, um, really strong, ran very uh, powerfully. You know, he wasn't a real big guy, but he was he was very strong and very uh, very durable. And he wasn't he wasn't really that fast. He was just uh, he was the, the word that I think of when I think of Walter is determined. He was a very determined runner. Another powerful running back, Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell was um, he was a thrill to watch. He was more like a, um, a steamroller. A linebacker. Yeah, he was like a linebacker playing running back. Uh, you know, he cre- created a lot of, lot of contact. And um, the scary thing about him is that he could, he could run you over, and then he had enough speed to, uh, to outrun you as well. What about Tony Dorsett? Uh, Tony Dorsett, uh, one of, he, he was one of my favorites. You um, kind of grew up so, uh, in cowboy country. Well, yeah, but uh, even when, when he was in college at the University of Pittsburgh, um, I just loved watching him play. He was, he was very elusive. Um, you know, he was, he was cat quick, and he, he had the speed to outrun you, and he was, uh, you know, you just couldn't get your hands on him. I got one more for you, and it's a guy that you're going to be compared to because you're a Detroit Lion, Billy Sims. Oh Billy! Oh Billy was wonderful. He was wonderful. He was uh, one of those bigger, faster guys that was uh, very nimble. You know, he could. Um, you know, although he was kind of six feet tall and kind of broad shoulders and big guy, I mean, he could he could make some moves and just um, you know really make you look silly as a defender. That had to be 1989. Had to be very exciting for you. You enter the league, you break the single season in rookie rushing marks, previously held by Billy Sims, 1,470 yards. 14 rushing touchdowns. You returned some kickoffs that year, five of them uh, for 118 yards. Yeah, maybe that seems like a while ago, but uh, describe what that first year was like for you. You know, it's a whole new thing, a new level of competition, and you're doing so well. The first year was uh, was scary. I, w- I left college as a junior, and, um, of course, going into my junior year, I had no idea that my year would turn out the way it did, and so to end up in, um, in Detroit the following year uh, when I would have been a, a college senior was just, it was a total, you know, learning experience. Probably overwhelming to some degree. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, I, you know, my thing was just trying to come and um, learn how to play the game. And, you know, I was, I was wondering at that point, you know, would I be able to, to really compete on this level? Because, I mean, this, this is what, this is the ultimate, you know. And there was, I remember people talking about my size and, uh, you know, endurance and this and that and the other. So, you know, you just, I just wanted to come in and, and you know, and, and try to make a mark. Not altogether different from what uh, Charlie Bass is trying to do this year. He's, you know, people talk about his size, where he played, you know, and he said he's, right. he was in here a few weeks ago and he says, you know, I just got to come out and play. Just, you know, yeah, at this point, show him who I am. Yeah, you're trying to, you're trying to prove yourself, basically, at, at this point. And, uh, you know, so it, it's a lot of things going through your mind as a rookie. What do you think the Lions need, Barry, to win a Super Bowl? Not just to get there, but to win a Super Bowl. The teams that, um, that win Super Bowls have a, a great combination of things. Um, they have great management that goes out and, and get the guys that is necessary to, to win the championship. They have uh, some, you know, they experience luck. Experience some luck, you know, of having all those guys come together with the right chemistry staying um, healthy staying healthy all, all those things and uh, I think they also have a good mixture of, of youth 
and um, and maturity. You know, youth and maturity where. Uh, you know, it, it, you can have all the talent in the world and, and young guys, but you have to have those older guys that sort of give them an understanding of how to win those tough games. Like, you know, guys like a John Elway, um, I'm sure that he has been sort of a guiding light for young guys like Terrell Davis, you know, because he's been there. He's lost some tough ones, you know, and so at this point, he understands what it takes to win the tough ones. So, you know, I think... It, Things like that is really what uh, what comes together to make a great organization. How are how are the Lions doing? Uh, how far down the road to getting to that level do you think they are? I mean, obviously, you need to you know you haven't won as many games as you'd like this year. There are some great players on this team. What, what, do, what do you think this team needs to to make those few extra steps? I'll tell you what. This has been a real learning experience this year because after last season. I mean, I thought we were we were ready. I really thought we were ready. And uh, even going through training camp this year, I thought we had a had a, a good nucleus. And we had a, we have a solid coaching staff. And um, you know, I I mean, it, it's been a shocker the, the way the season has turned out this year. And I, I you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you because I thought we would at least be better than we were last year. And, uh, so you expected to be, you know, 11 and five as opposed to nine and seven. You expected be- a better record. Oh yeah, much better. Nine, nine and seven, much better. At least, at least, you know, at least 11 wins. Been a lot of changes, coaching-wise, and a lot of new philosophies implemented. Compare and contrast Wayne Fonts and Bobby Ross. I think Wayne um, was uh, one of those guys. Is really his style is really more suited for a. Um, a more mature, older group, you know, where guys that sort of know already know what they have to do. Um, where uh, and it's kind of the same philosophy that that the coaches like at Frisco use, you know, sort of hands off. Right. I mean, the guys, you know, you don't you don't have to stand over Steve Young and Jerry Rice every day to you know to get them to, to work hard. Or, you know what I mean? I mean, they already know what they have to do. And so um, I think really Wayne Fonts' style is suited uh, best. For that type of a, a situation, I think um, Coach Ross is more hands-on, and uh, you know he's he's there every step of the way, watching, to see what's going on, and uh, I think that is probably best for a younger group, you know, where uh, the guys are still kind of trying to learn the game and, and learn what it takes. What did Wayne have to say to you a couple weeks ago in Tampa Bay when he came into the locker room? Did he did he talk to you? Yeah, we talked. We talked. He said he's uh, he's glad he didn't have to look at us every day. <laughs> he, he, you know, Wayne Fox is the happiest man in the world right now. Um, you know, he was he was his, his same old happy self. I mean, Relax. He's glad to be retired, and uh, he's glad that he doesn't have uh, <laughs> you know guys uh, writing articles about him every day about right. how uh-huh. he should be. You know. Uh, selling vacuum cleaners or <laughs> in that culture, um, you know. So uh, he was, he was the same old happy-go-lucky self. What did you think back in 1989? I remember when uh, Vikings head coach Jerry Burns wanted to have your jersey inspected by the officials because he thought there's some, some silicon spray or something slippery on there. I mean, that had to kind of cheese you off a little bit because I'm sure you think, you know. I'm, you know, I'm fast because I'm fast. I'm good because I'm good. And I'm not putting, you know, Vaseline on my jersey. I mean, what was your reaction? I thought to that? it was a joke about that because it was during the middle of a game, and uh, the guy, the referee, came over with a with a straight face, 
and was saying that the defensive guys want us to check your jersey because <laughs> I was like, is this guy joking? Um, you know, this is a, this is a horrible joke, but uh, yeah, it, I had never heard of anything like that before. He thought you showed up to play a football game, all of a sudden it's laundry day. Yeah, you know. I mean, it was, you know. it was wild. It, back in 94, you had an incredible touchdown run where you uh, turned Patriots defensive back Harlan Barnett around three times. You also had an 85-yard run versus Tampa Bay with only one shoe. Uh, Gail Sayers has said that the part of those long runs that he liked the best was the first 10 or 15 yards when he had to beat two, three, or four guys. He says, you know, the, once you beat those guys, you know, they're running the 30 yards or 40 yards after that in open field. That's nothing. He says the fun part was, was beating those guys in that first 10 or 15 yards. He said he just really enjoyed that. Is that the fun part for you? And what, what, do, you, what do you enjoy most about being Barry Sanders as a running back, as a football player? Well, the... Um the part for me, I mean, if, if I don't make those guys miss, then, you know, then they I'm hurt not going to laugh. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to laugh too often. <laughs> so I do have some incentive right. to, uh, you know. Pain is a very good motivator. That's that right. Sure. That's exactly right. And, you know, we have some hard hitters in this league, and, and um, they love nothing more than to, to lay a good hit on you. Cheap shot. You know? Yeah, that too. That too. So you got to get totally jazzed, though. You must just love... Like well, I love running. I love. I, I like um, looking at the film on Mondays. Uh, you know, make, seeing that I, I made guys miss. I mean, I I get a lot of joy out of that. How much longer do you want to play, Barry? I want to play for a while. Yeah, I'd love to play forever. <laughs> you know what's nice but, about this with Barry is we can we can we can game plan a, a scheme and we can actually take the guys, the linebackers, and then we can actually circle a guy and say, that's Barry's guy. And most teams can't do that. We can say, well, that's Barry's guy. He's got to make that guy miss. We'll get everybody else, Barry. You try to get that guy. That's cool. That, you know, it, when you're the guy that all the defense is key on, that opens other things up for your offense. That's a powerful, powerful weapon for a team to have. Well, he's no a heck of a decoy, too. Now, now, Tony over here is telling me that he never got his big extra. You went to Mickey D's and forgot a Lions Feast extra value meal for him. What's up with that? Tony Steppel <laughs> never got his big extra. Hey, what's well, up with that? I didn't want to say well, the face, I mean, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's McDonald's. I'm sure there's McDonald's somewhere close to me. You know. <laughs> I just had to razz you about that a little bit. Was '91 your favorite season because uh, of the trip to the NFC Championship game? Would you say? Um, yes, yes. To this point, '91 was probably the most enjoyable. Um, it was kind of bittersweet, you know, thinking about what happened to uh, to Mike Utley. Uh, but uh, it was it was great to be that close to the Super Bowl. Barry, you're like the definitive superstar. And just as a personal question, how do you protect yourself from the, the hangers-on, the scam artists, the fast talkers that have adversely affected other athletes' lives, other movie and rock stars' lives? And that's, you know, something that guys like you, Sergey Fedorov, the superstars in movies, rock and roll, they have, celebrities have to deal with. You know, how do, how well, do you deal I, I with think, that? I think I was fortunate because I had a, a pretty good foundation with, uh, with my family. And um, I think one thing that I learned early was uh, that I mean, you, can't, you can't please everybody. And uh, you have to learn how to say no. You have to learn how to um, to try to you know protect your own space and um, and just do what's right and you know and, and I think also you have to realize that because of you know the very nature 
of the job that it, that's a part of that you just named will be at your doorstep. Just wait. You know, yes. Wait. Yes. Do you have any good stories about my co-host here, Tony Semple? A good funny story about, you know, something well, that no, he did, nothing, got himself in some no, trouble? Well, or? I mean, nothing that you, you don't already know. I mean, you can always, uh, he's going to be very aggressive, you know, and he, uh, even, even like after the whistle, the guys on defense <laughs> better be careful. <laughs> because, you know, I don't know if it's the fact that Tony may not have heard the whistle or what, you know, but uh, he'll, he'll wipe you out. And uh, he, he, he protects running backs well. He protects you before and after the whistle. That's so what he was trying to do when he took that late shot at, yeah. against the Vikings. Yeah. And then he came that. up to me and said, well, you think maybe you could spare a couple of dollars? Bro? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you know, you, you get paid pretty well, Tony, last time I checked. I don't, you know. I just slide him a couple of yeah. them, uh, M- Mickey D sandwiches. He'll be okay, really. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Barry Sanders. <laughs> Barry, there's no doubt that uh, you're destined for Canton, Ohio, and I, I hope for all the sakes of, of all the Lions fans, you finish your career in Detroit. I know uh, you really are a big reason that, that there are 80,000 people at that stadium every weekend, and it's got, it's got to feel good when, when a season isn't going so well that they're still out there chanting your name. You know, maybe when, maybe when playoffs aren't on the line... They're out there rooting for you. That's got to be special. That's got to feel good. Well, this, this is a great uh, football town, and I'm glad to be here. And, uh, you know, I, I want to make it happen for the fans in Detroit. And so, hey, I'm going to stick around as long as, uh, as, <laughs> as, long long as, you guys, as long as you guys have me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Barry Sanders. Thank you very much, Barry. We're going to have uh, Barry... Uh, going to let him uh, walk around a little bit and uh, maybe sign a few autographs and uh, let him chill out a little bit. It is the Smash Mouth Monday Night Football Show. 1027 The Bear right here. We've got a Smash Mouth stat for you. In 1996, Barry Sanders won his third career rushing title by gaining 175 yards against the San Francisco 49ers on a Monday night game that ended the regular season. Going into the game, he needed 161 yards to surpass Denver's Terrell Davis. A Smash Mouth stat on 1027 The Bear.